Before we start this week's episode, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of actor James Michael Tyler, who played Gunther in Friends. The character of Gunther, while on the outside, is often considered the seventh friend. Michael, as the actor went by, started as a background extra and was brought on as a regular because he was the only background actor who knew how to use the espresso machine. It took him two seasons and 33 appearances before he got his first line of dialogue, and then his character got his name, Gunther. Of the 235 episodes of Friends, Michael appeared in 150 of them. The next highest billed regulars were Elliot Gould and Christina Pickles, who played Jack and Judy Geller with only 22 and 20 episode appearances, respectively. I love Michael's portrayal of Gunther and... There's just a couple things about him that I really wanted to take a second to appreciate. I love that he really got the gig as a regular because he was the only one who knew how to use the espresso machine. I love that he came from the service industry and built skills that actually really helped him kind of get his big break. I also love that he played Gunther really earnestly. And Gunther is this character that does bring so much humor, but only because it's really played straight. Like it's played seriously as, as just like this really earnest person with a, with a great heart. And he really does have some hilarious jokes and, and lines just like in his, in his domain of the coffee shop. And I just really appreciate his portrayal of Gunther for that reason. Michael died on October 24th after a long battle with prostate cancer diagnosed during a routine exam in 2018. He was only 59. Since his diagnosis, he became an advocate for cancer awareness and advocating for checkups. Earlier this year, he said, my goal this past year was to see my 59th birthday. I did that. My goal now is to at least save one life. His manager, Tony Benson, announced his passing and stated, if you met him once, you made a friend for life. We dedicate this episode of Friends with Food to you, Michael. This podcast contains strong language. Listeners, be advised. Well, you like friends and you like food. So how about Friends with Food with Zoe and Heather? Welcome. This is Friends with Food, the podcast where we talk about an episode of the show Friends and the recipe we made inspired by it. We're your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Heather. And today our guest is Jenny Wise. Jenny is a comedy writer and aspiring gemologist living in Los Angeles. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yay. Well, first things first, what's a gemologist? (laughs) I I would love to know as well, Zoe, but I think (laughs) in my head, I, I think it's somebody who knows a lot about gems and has like a GIA certification. For some reason, I am obsessed with learning about gems, rare gems, like rubies and emeralds and sapphires. Mm. I literally just follow lots of gem accounts. I have no idea why. It's something that clicks in my brain. (laughs) I love that. So we're talking precious stones, not your like rose quartz and your like hippie crystals. crystals. Correct. And I love how we both said that very derisively, but I actually (laughs) am a total hippie and I love crystals. So anyway, (laughs) just asking. I I mean, you live in LA. It's really a wild card of which. Right. It's no judgment. I mean, 
I charge my crystals under a full moon. I'm not Who ashamed doesn't? to say it. I, I leave the window cracked so that they can they can get that moon wash. No, but it's more oh, yeah. um, it's the fine gems situation, the fine gems side of it. I'm just fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by like vintage jewelry. Ooh, I, yeah. This is a new thing for me, and I feel like I collect hobbies. And right now, my hobby for the last year has been gems i'm embarrassed to say it but i'm also embracing it which is why i sent it in my bio i, I love, love that. that do you have a favorite or like interesting um gem right now or yeah. i'm very into barrels right now oh. b-r-y-l which is a six or seven on this oh i forget what it's gonna call it. it's like a hardness scale of like how, how hard the different gems are but mm. barrels would be like rubies or emeralds Oh. Then you've got like a diamond, which is on like the tents. They're softer mm. stones, mm-hmm. but same sapphires are in that same area with the emeralds um, as well. But um, there can be, so then there's like different delineations between what makes an emerald an emerald and what makes it a sapphire. And they like meet somewhere in the middle and that's where it's wow. just fascinating to me. And so I just learn about them. Rubies are very rare. Apparently there's not that many rubies in the world. Interesting. I just nerd out about this stuff. I don't know why. I love that. Very cool. Very cool. I love that because just what you just said, because I feel like what I know about gems is very, they're very like separate, like this is a ruby and it's very different than a, than an emerald and a sapphire because they're different colors, you know, but the way Mm -hmm. that you're saying it, it sounds sort of like what am I trying to say? Sort of like, like bell peppers where they all start out green and then they get like the different colors as they ripen or whatever. That's a That's perfect incredible. way to say it, Heather. That's exactly because <laughs> even when I was looking at this ring the other day, this vintage emerald ring, and someone was saying like, this is almost considered a sapphire. Wow. It's so close in between. Obviously there, I, I, I am not a GIA certified gemologist, I'm an aspiring <laughs> but there is something that creates that. And maybe I can come back and then explain what I've learned at some point. But there yeah, it's go. like that, that fine line of like when it transfers over and you're right, green bell pepper to red bell pepper. It's somewhere in between. That is beautiful. Also, go. I'm loving picturing what would be in between like an emerald and a sapphire because that just sounds so beautiful. Right. Yes. Either way, I'm in on both of them. And then also, so many stones are heated to ach- like to achieve a certain color. So mm. like a typical sapphire you think of, that is a heated stone. And it's consistently heated, too, in order to maintain like that really deep color. But oh, if you wow. look at untreated, unheated stones, they're like totally different color. It's fascinating. Interesting. I wow. love that. We're like two minutes into this, and we are already learning so much. I'm loving it. Kind of. I mean, it's, you're learning. I feel like I'm more passionate (laughs) than anything. I'm certainly not knowledgeable, but I'm interested and passionate. Well, you're in the right place because that's pretty much what we are all about. (laughs) So come here for your loosely researched opinions (laughs) on things we're excited about. 100%. That is is a great tagline for this podcast for (laughs) sure. Basically. Look, no one's told us we're wrong yet. So we're doing all right. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so Jenny is our friend from um, some comedy writing classes that we've mentioned several times, the Comedy Lab, as Alana would call us. You know, she's one of Howard's hoes along with the rest of oh us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, un unknowingly you've been wrapped into that. I'm, fine. That's, I'm in the... great company. I'm in great company. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she's part of our um, female comedy writers group and she's our comedy writing friend from the comedy lab. Before we dive in any further, Jenny, tell us about your relationship with the show Friends. Deep and beloved. And nice. I know that there is, when, when y'all started recording this podcast, I was thrilled because I feel like we are in a time where there is a lot of shame around people watching friends. And it's like, people are very quick to say like, it is problematic, but I think a lot of media is problematic mm -hmm. and that's just how mm -hmm. the world works. But it's like, there's so much to love and appreciate. And especially as, you know, people who are pursuing comedy, love comedy, love comedy, writing, love TV writing. Like the show is so beautiful so wonderful i love it so much especially during difficult times like mm -hmm. i don't know the last two years <laughs> why I've, I've come back to friends and putting yeah. it on immediately soothes my soul and huge fan huge huge fan i've watched every episode many 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 a time i love that yes it really is a very like comfort food type show you know what I mean like it really does feel like comfort food like when you're stressed or just like sad or just sometimes need, need to take a nap you can mm -hmm. just put it on and it's like the perfect thing I love it I feel like too and I think I kind of started to say this and I kind of got off track but basically I feel like there is a there's something about when everybody likes something that people want to poo-poo it and I mm. feel like this happens, or especially like with like when young girls like things, it's like young yeah. girls like Twilight. Twilight is not cool now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like people, so many people like friends, which then should mean that I should not like friends so that I can be cool and unique. And like, I'm so not interested in that. Cause I just mm -hmm. think it is so such a good show. There's never a time I watch it and I don't laugh out loud. I laugh out I loud every time. Yeah, I feel like the last couple episodes of the podcast, we've talked about how like the the episodes like weren't as good as some of the other ones. Right. But like we still talked for an hour and 40 minutes about how great the episode was, you know, like yeah. so even when an episode isn't great, there's still so many great parts of it. I think it it holds itself at such a high standard. And, and that's what's been really fun about revisiting it and especially watching it, not just as casually as I think a lot of people usually do, but, you know, being a little bit more aware of the jokes and the physical comedy and all of that and really tuning into being like, oh, wow, this is really smart. This is really funny. And it's, I mean, it really shaped the cultural landscape of of the time that it was it was on tv absolutely yeah and i love what you said too jenny about like you know especially if like young women or young girls like something that it's considered to like not be cool enough or or something like that or that it's just like people looking down on like people what people like or what people are into and stuff like that and it's like 
yeah, I just love calling that out as basically bullshit. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I don't like something because it's like not cool enough. You know what I mean? And like, I'll definitely be the first to admit, like, of course, there's problematic elements of this show. Um, first of all, it came out in 1998. So there's been a lot of like progress since then, you know, and, and all that. But um, there's still a lot to really appreciate about it and love about it. So much love. And especially as I try to pursue a career working in writing for television, mm-hmm. especially all of my homework doing for this episode that I did for this episode of like breaking down the A and B and C plot yeah, and then mapping like the, um, how they are so economical about how they write these scenes, how people, how they all talk to one another. Mm-hmm. They've earned mm-hmm. all of these lines because they've built all of the different character arcs. It's yeah. so beautifully like you get to just sit and enjoy it. And I think people take that for granted, like what work yeah. that writers did in order for us to get to that place where we turn it on. We know exactly what Joey's going to say in any sort of a situation. Yeah. So I could nerd out about this. It's so great. That's what we're here for. And I mean, you know, as Howard would say, you know, Howard has this whole thing of like, what's a sketch? It's like a scene made of jokes. So like first you learn to like write a two-liner and then it's like, what's a sketch? It's like, a bunch of two-liners and then it's like what's an episode it's like a bunch of sketches and I just feel like that's never been more true than on this show mm-hmm. I mean it is full of jokes and frankly not every one of those jokes like lands for me you know what I mean but but many of them do and I've taken to also as I watch um for the podcast just like you know I, I have my notes and then I also have a list of just buttons Mm-hmm. there's like a button on almost every single scene has like a really nice button on it. Um, yeah. I mean, the writing is really impressive to me for sure. So good. I would, I sure have you, t- I haven't heard you all talk about this yet, but the friends reunion, mm-hmm. which was just interesting too. And like, there was a scene where they are showing the writers on the set with the live That's studio so cool. audience of them pitching jokes and they're like, mm-hmm. what if he says this instead? And then they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, she should say this. And you can hear them. And then they cut to the scene. And it is the scene that they were just talking about. I, I, of course, don't remember what the line was now. But then you get to see them do it. And you're like, that was something they workshopped in real time. And they were revisiting jokes when they weren't landing with the audience, too. Which oh, is also so cool. just so fascinating to me. So I haven't seen the reunion special yet, which is insane. I know I need to watch it ASAP, but that sounds incredible. And I, you know, and we'll say sometimes on the podcast too, like there, there'll be a scene or a moment and it's like, I wonder how much of that was the writing or how much of that was the actor or how much of that was the direction. Um, so it's a really interesting to get a peek into like, I'm sure, you know, they all work together and it's cool to know that the writers were also like on set. So it's not like they're just in their little office and then once it's done, it's done. They're like adjusting and, and mm-hmm. yeah, changing things, tightening things up in real time. That's so cool. Well, and you know, so many things are funny on the page when you read them in your mind, but then like, they don't make any sense out loud or oh, like they sure. don't make sense in that particular actor's mouth or like that actor can't, can't understand the the best way to to like make that joke land as it did so well on the page and so to be able to say like okay well I understand the intention of this joke how do we make it funny for you Mm -hmm. and for the people who are listening so that it it actually is funny totally awesome so let's see let's dive into some cultural context from the time that this Mm -hmm. episode was released do we have any headlines we'd like to discuss. So I found this headline that I thought was just 
I, I don't know. This is, you know, we've talked about how this is like the time of Clinton, Clinton and the um, all the impeachment stuff. And the, a lot like almost all of the news I found was about that. And we're just coming off the midterm election. So there's lots of news about that. And I was like, oh, this is all boring. It's all the same stuff over and over. Yeah. But I found this article and it's the title is Secret Service Director Chooses NFL Over Agency. Oh. And it was about... <laughs> <laughs> the like secret service director who was 24 years in the secret service, like worked his all way all the way up to be the director. He protected three different presidents and then uh, he decided to leave and be the security for the Cleveland Browns. That is crazy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he became a football player. That's what oh, that would have been say. excellent. <laughs> I was like, isn't oh. that more of a young man's game? Like, <laughs> what's the timing like on that career move? I was like, wait, this guy's got top clearance. He's predicted three presidents, and then he's on a football team. I yeah, I, I thought there was gonna be and a it's Tom Brady, there, it's also- and he's fifty years old. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now he's like eighty. I mean, I know some like athletes, like professional athletes, like switch to different sports, which always kind of like blows my mind too. But that's like a maybe a little bit more of a transition than it just feels like a. I mean, protecting the 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 most important person in the country to protect to like football people. Which, what are you saying? <laughs> who are also important. The second most important people. <laughs> but it's just a different, it's a different atmosphere. You know, hey, you know what? Maybe there is a lot of similarities. Maybe, maybe they do have, they all have code names for all the players, just like they have for the, you know, all of the, the White House staff. I don't know. That's it, so weird. It honestly sounds like a movie. Like that setup sounds like <laughs> a movie setup. It kind of sounds like a, like a mediocre Hallmark movie. Exactly. I feel like in the movie, he'd have to like be a football player though. I mean, I don't know. It could still work. He'd have to get pulled in on it. I'm sure he'd be like, Oh "Oh, no, I've got to go in. Yeah. It's, you know, it's uh, uh, the the end of the game fourth fourth quarter. And yeah, the, he's got to save the day somehow. Oh my gosh. So weird. I wonder if that was like, you know, the wife is like, you really need a better work-life balance. I think you should go with something just a tiny bit less stressful. And what was it? The Cleveland Browns, did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm sure he got paid much better too. Probably. I don't know. Maybe. I think so. I don't know. Government, the government spends money on weird places. So who True. Knows? Like True. football. But also <laughs> the NFL spends money uh, unnecessarily also. So well, it's, right. it's about that's Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's a great one. That is really good. I did not get a headline, but I did research some music and movies. But Perfect. Still- Let's move on to the music and movies. Tell us, what do you got? I was so moved by the song of the week. It was mm-hmm. Doo-Wop by Lauren Hill. Yes. Oh, my heart. What a what a time to be alive. Friends is out. What was it? Every Thursday, the show's coming out. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Doo Wop by Lauren Hill in your I don't know Jeep Cherokee. Like this is what a beautiful (laughs) time to be alive. I love this because I um. So the last few episodes, it's been the same song. It's been the last night last, by Monica. The last night by Monica for like most of our season so far, which which is, um, which is great. You know, she is she was killing it in '98. Go Monica. Um, 
but I feel like as someone who grew up in the the 80s and 90s but didn't listen to the music of the time like Mm. I I peripherally heard music um or like pop culture things and I know this song so Mm -hmm. I mean that that means something that that stands the test of time exactly yeah well, and I loved this song when it was out too. I was about 12 during this time and it was definitely on my, I don't think, it, you know, it must've been on a CD. I think it was on like a mix CD I burned from Napster or something like that at that time. Um, but it's interesting because we've been talking about Monica the first night and that song was top of the charts for a while. And yet it's not a song that like we know now at all. Um, mm-hmm. whereas of course this song is like so iconic, so good. And yeah, it's just, it's great stuff without even listening to it again. Like I feel it in my oh, heart. Yeah. Like, like I can hear the body. piano building up. Oh, it's just such a good jam. So what a time Absolutely. to be like, seriously. I just love a song that has a parenthetical in the title. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> That's just in amazing. case, you know. Oh, Lauren, that was, uh, she was, she was great in that time. Just style icon as well, for sure. Truly, for truly. Let me get me some overalls. Anyways, the, are we ready to move on to the movie? Yes. Yes. Jenny, I feel like you, I want you to tell us what the movie is. Tell us, Jenny. Well, I actually, I pulled two, the top okay. movie, because I felt like I loved the dichotomy of the two of them. But amazing. on one side, we have ants with a Z mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the other side, we have saving private Ryan. Interesting. Oh. I think I still had water boy for this week. Oh, I, I realized I was taking like, I would think I was picking my favorites of the top. Oh, no, I don't know what that's it was great. five or whatever, but you're <laughs> right. right. It probably was water boy. Firstly, well, we've, had, let's we've just, had ants. Yeah. We've talked I, about oh. ants as well. I, I just want to call out that you said that your favorites of the top movies were both ants and saving private Ryan, <laughs> which yes, the dichotomy of that. Although we, when we did talk about ants, we did talk about the sort of like communist feeling about it. <laughs> and that can kind of relate to the war, you know, sure. yeah. World sure. War II, you know, sure. I just, I just love that. It's like, it's ants and then it's saving private Ryan. In my mind, that's like, again, I, I think you're maybe close to my age, Jenny. I think like, for me, that was a time that was like, are you a kid or are you more of a teenager? You know what I mean? Not a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is it a cartoon with bugs or is it Saving Private Ryan? You know, which I've actually never seen, um, but I know of it. Yeah. I just think it's interesting too, because at seeing ants on that list, when I was looking at, I was like, was this the first time a Z was used? Like at the Mm. end of thing as a cool thing? Ants, like of all the things to start, it was it ants? Maybe in the mainstream. Ooh. Yeah, maybe, you know, I'm like, when did boys in the hood come out? I think before that, but oh, that's a good that point. Oh, you're right. Yeah. A little bit less like mainstream. I mean, that's very much like just in the rap culture versus like a mainstream blockbuster. I just also the, the first Z I thought of was lazy boy. So <laughs> I don't know when that came out either. That was probably the original. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it that. was a big deal in like maybe the pop cultural <laughs> environment, but I don't man, know the Z makes it cool. Per se. <laughs> it's but... trying real hard. That's for sure. Those, <laughs> I mean, quarter, I those corduroy chairs. <laughs> 
making headlines across the nation. No, I knew you were going to say that. That's terrible. (laughs) Um, No, because I'm trying to remember back to the movie, Ants. Was the Z, does the Z ever come up? Like, does they write the the word Mm. ants on the wall at any point? Like, why is there a Z in the title? Like, Lazy Boy, Boys in the Hood. Mm. I I understand those Zs. I don't understand ants with a Z. Are they just trying to be cool? Yeah, I think probably so. I say with absolutely no research or reasoning behind it. That's interesting, though. I do love that call out. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for other like uses of Z in like the mainstream pop culture prior to that time. Listeners, what do you think? Weigh in. (laughs) Tell us about your encounters with Z's. Yes, exactly. Um, I think I think I, I did see that uh, Waterboy and this was the same I think it was number one in the box office this week or the previous episode as well did you ever see that one Jenny I did I only saw it once mm-hmm. um, I definitely saw it in theaters so I was yeah nine or ten yeah so um, but definitely saw it and it was not my favorite Adam Sandler but I for sure I of course was there yeah to be. nice nice <laughs> Yeah, I think that was pr- maybe my first Adam Sandler movie and oh, really? possibly even my first, my mom really doesn't like slapstick or what she considers like dumb humor. So that might've been like an introduction to sort of like that style of, mm. for lack of a better term, like 13 year old boy humor or whatever. <laughs> I'll take Anyways. it. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler is definitely killing it around this time as well. Killing it. I remember yeah. this was like a big deal that he had this movie. I remember too. Because mm. I think this is post, yeah, it's post um, Happy Gilmore or maybe it's. I think so. I'm not sure. Post Billy Madison, maybe not post Happy Gilmore. But mm. I remember being like, wow, he's got his own movie. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he went on to star in like a ton of movies after that. And still is. And still is. They're just for sure. a bunch of the same. Still going. He's just still going, which is I'll great. Watch them all. <laughs> Make Except for Uncut sometimes. Gems. Uncut Gems oh, was a detour, but also that really great. was very, yeah, that was a hard laugh for sure. I don't that know. I don't know you that didn't movie. See that? Clearly. Oh, yeah. But now I'm like, is it about gemologists? <gasps> so really appreciate you asking that question. Because in my head, the world of gemology is very beautiful and quaint and vintage and you know people are drinking their tea while they look at gems this is not (laughs) that world (laughs) like a dark side of just like Adam Sandler's character is a criminal bad guy and kind of like how he gets in and over his head with kind of gambling and stuff yeah, but, he's kind of like a hustler, like a little bit of a crook slash like pawn shop owner, or he just works yeah. there. Or so I, I did see it, but it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, really good though, Heather. You should see it. It's good. It is good. Yeah. All right, all right. Is it like when Robin Williams started doing like one-hour mm-hmm. photo and Death to Smoochie or whatever that movie was, where it was like a bunch of weird? Oh, you're a really good actor, and we really respect you, but this is scary. Please go back to the movies where we love you. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you added like, you definitely added some opinions in there, but, um, (laughs) but yes, I would say, and I was actually also thinking of Jim Carrey when you started to talk, when you like, you kind of got down this road too, of like, it is a more gritty 
like movie. I feel like Robin Williams, the ones that he did that were more serious, maybe weren't quite so gritty. Maybe they were a little bit more like artsy, but they were like serious. And he's an amazing, he was an amazing actor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and same with Jim Carrey. He kind of did more standard dramas. This is like a pretty gritty, like intense drama for sure. Adam Sandler is mm-hmm. amazing in it. But I mean, yes, it's definitely not your standard Adam Sandler fair for sure he's like unrecognizable to me I mean you know it's Adam Sandler but like how is this Adam Sandler Mm. and he's got these transition glasses on that just like Adam Sandler in transition glasses is just very fascinating to me (laughs) watch it all sold me just for the transition (laughs) glasses yeah it's intense it's intense I mean I think we watched it during lockdown and it was one of those movies where I was like did this movie make my anxiety better or worse probably mm. to more towards worse you know Definitely. <laughs> for sure so just throwing that out there great movie but certainly not like something to put on and laugh at and, and relax <laughs> you know in fact it was I remember it was one of those movies I genuinely like especially since I watched a lot of movies in the last couple of years and especially since you know studying tv writing and just like writing in general more I feel like a lot of the times you can really get a sense of like how it's going to end a little bit or kind of the tone of it, you know, which direction it's going to go in uncut gems. I was just like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like this could go very, very badly, or it could be good. You know what I mean? And I just was like, I have no indicators to like, tell me which way it's going to go, which is kind of fun since a lot of movies are pretty predictable, but yeah. The Safdie brothers wrote and directed it. And they also did this movie good time with, Robert mm. Pattinson that one's really good I highly mm. recommend that he again totally unrecognizable do not come for Edward because he, Edward did not make it in that movie it is dark Robert Pattinson it's fascinating interesting I have not seen that one I'll have to add that to my list wow. good okay well Heather do we have anything else for our cultural context convo yes as I like to call it yes <laughs> so I have the Nielsen viewership numbers. Y'all, today's the day we've all been waiting for because there's a wrinkle in our usual uh, lineup. So it starts out as um, as our top favorites, ER, with 28.97 million viewers. Friends in second place with 24.44 million viewers. And then Mm. in third Touched by an angel with 23.5 million viewers. I did some light Googling to try and figure out like what the hell if there was a special episode or whatever. And they're not, it was just like business as usual. So Jenny, um, just to catch you up, normally Frasier is the number three show. So I'm very intrigued that Touched by an Angel was able to overtake Frasier. Yeah. Um, Are you too familiar with the show Touched by an Angel? Yes. I definitely watched that as a young person. I did not. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So for me, my history with it is that my Oma, which is my dad's mom, used to watch it. So occasionally when visiting her as a kid, she'd have it on and I didn't really have TV in my house growing up so because I was raised by a super hippie mom. So anytime someone's watching TV, I'm like in, you know, but then you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is interesting. It's a drama or whatever. And then it really pretty much comes out that it's like 
super Christian and it's always solved by like the intervention of like angels, an angel, Mm -hmm. always say, yeah, always an angel. So it's, it's like, um, I remember Heather, tell us what you, it's like, um, think of like police procedurals, Mm -hmm. but instead of like the police, it's angels. And so, so it's usually, I don't remember like plots, but it's, it's definitely like, it's not, you know, there's not like murders and it's not like, you know, a, a bomb scare on the Capitol or anything like that. It's emergencies of the heart. Oh, yes. Right. You know, but yeah, I, I can't really remember. I don't remember plots or anything like that, but there was like three main angels, but like one of them was the angel of death. And I remember he was always, he was like really sweet and it'd be like, it's, it's your time now, you know, or whatever. I do remember watching it and it was very drama Yeah, and it was very, um, religious centered. Right. I feel like maybe a lot of like family themes. I don't know. I feel like there was like, yeah, just weird family stuff. And this is at the time when like Seventh Heaven was also on on TV, Classic. which yeah. was, you know, uh, like a family drama, I guess, TV show right. about a family who the father is a pastor. Right. So there's like, yeah. you know, religious things and in church and stuff like that. So definitely uh, gearing towards the like family programming. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. So it was fascinating. So and then I looked up. Um, so Tuspay Angel was three. Um, Monday Night Football was four and Frasier was five. Oh, wow. So, but there was a Frasier on that night as well. So it's not like all the same night. This is like the weeks. It's like the entire week of television, the top things. And so Mm -hmm. it's different. It's different nights. It's different TV stations and programs or whatever. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, We know that ER and Friends are NBC. And then just in case you were curious, Touched by an Angel was CBS. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football was ABC, and then Frasier was NBC as well. Dang, NBC's always been crushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. That's so weird. I love that. All right. That is why the last seven episodes, I have been bringing <laughs> the same Nielsen report <laughs> so that we can have some drama. I love it. The day <laughs> is finally here. I'm right. upset. Yeah. I'm upset. I love it. Great. Well, should we move into the episode? Let's. Let's do it. All right. So, Heather, do you have the synopsis handy for us? I do. The IMDb synopsis is, Ross moves in with Chandler and Joey after Emily's cousin kicks him out of his apartment. Phoebe dates a health inspector. Rachel plays hard to get with Danny. Perfect. Um, so what do we think about the A, B, and C? I think that they, uh, the synopsis, uh, this is not always the case, as we've discussed heatedly in the past, but I think um, it pretty much follows that. I think the Ross storyline is pretty much the A storyline. I could probably be convinced that either Phoebe or Rachel's story is the B, but I think Rachel, or I think Phoebe's storyline kind of starts a little bit earlier and maybe has a few more beats to it and then yeah Rachel and it's interesting because Monica is really in the Rachel storyline too it's like Rachel and Monica and Danny Mm -hmm. would be the C story for me what did you guys think I had the same thing as Zoe I thought that it mapped out pretty clearly there and also interesting that Monica is a floater because she starts out in Phoebe's 
B plot mm, and then moves right. over to support mm. Rachel in the C plot, which was interesting. That's oh, yeah. true. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Out. Yeah, I I mean, I had Rachel and Danny as the B plot and Phoebe mm-hmm. as the C, just because it felt, I mean, I know typically the C is like tied in with the A plot, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't think any anything was really yeah. tied in with Ross's and Phoebe's felt more random. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like neither of them I felt like were particularly jokey. You know, or like yeah. more jokey than the other, I guess, or or just as like a running joke. I right. guess, I guess Phoebe for me felt like Larry, the health inspector. We're not going to see him ever again. I don't know if we'll right, see him right. again, but he feels more just kind of like put in there randomly. Yeah, um, I thought it was really interesting in this episode that like the guys and the girls were kind of like separate. It was like a very weirdly like split up episode where there wasn't a lot of like in air quotes, the whole, like the friends, the group of friends Mm. spending time together. It was very much like, this is what's going on with the guys. And then like, these are the two different things that are kind of going on with the girls. And like you said, Monica kind of transitioned between those two storylines. Which I think is so interesting because to me, it almost felt like the storylines, I feel like trying to put my myself in the writer's shoes. It's like, what Mm -hmm. can all these people have? And they're probably like a running list of all the different things. And like, yeah quirky things they can all get into and this one felt very pieced together mm. mm-hmm. yeah. and which was just interesting and I don't know if I because I, I've seen this many times I don't think I would have pulled that apart unless I was specifically looking for the a b and c plot and yeah. pulling out the details but it was interesting and I don't think I even realized that Zoe that it really was very the women and then the men are dealing with their different things and then Monica being this floater which felt weird it did feel awkward that she didn't have like she was there just supporting mm-hmm. everything yeah. moving along Right. Another thing I thought was really interesting and kind of weird about this episode is like, this could have almost been like a one-off episode. I mean, like this was very much, um, what am I trying to say? Um, so this is the season of like Chandler and Monica, right? And that whole thing's going on right now in the story. They are secretly seeing each other. Joey knows and no one else knows. That's kind of where we are in the arc. Um, we've kind of discussed on the podcast previously that like this episode, the series is starting to get a little bit more serialized versus being extremely episodic where every episode is just a standalone episode. Um, this felt more like a standalone episode to me. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't any, there was almost no overarching storyline in this at all. I mean, and really the Ross story, I think is the one piece where it's like, oh, he got kicked out because of the Emily thing. But other than that, I mean, he didn't really say much else about that. And then there was like one thing where uh, Rachel was like, how's Ross doing with the whole Emily thing? But other than that, there was like very little mention of that. Chandler and Monica, that didn't come up at all. They didn't, we didn't even see them interact. I don't think at all. Maybe Mm -hmm. they were in a scene or two, but like, there really was nothing between them in this episode at all, which was really kind of weird. To be perfectly honest, it was very refreshing to like yeah, not have that. the drama, not have these soap opera-ness of the last two episodes. And it, to, to feel like, you know, the first handful of ep- seasons of Friends where it's just, it is that yeah. single thing, you know? I, yeah, I, I wrote down, it's like, oh, it feels like a normal sitcom. Right, Versus totally. the last few episodes have felt like, soap operas with some comedy 
Yeah. Well, and that's really interesting because like they could have done it a different way because Ross has moved in with Chandler and Joey. Chandler is secretly dating his sister and Joey also knows and Ross doesn't. Like this definitely adds to and like changes that dynamic. And yet they didn't address that at all, which, yeah, I mean, I was totally fine with it, but it was just really interesting. And yeah, it was kind of refreshing, especially we've had a couple of episodes that were a little bit heavy on the like, sort of the overarching plot and not as many laughs you know what I mean so but I thought that was, was interesting it was interesting too in watching the reunion special when mm. they set up Chandler and Monica in London in London <laughs> they, set that up. they didn't know that they were going to end up being together Mm. And the response mm. that they got from it made them change their plans moving forward too. Yeah. So that's hearing, I haven't been, well, I, I just like sit and watch and enjoy it. I feel like I haven't right. been unpacking it like y'all have. So it's so interesting to hear too, that it is felt very melodramatic or very soap opera. And so it feels like that kind of mental breath, but it almost makes me wonder too, like if they're setting things up, obviously like, Ross moving later on and then mm-hmm. being in the apartment when Rachel and BBC mm-hmm. across the way, like they're setting up my all eyes, these my eyes. Yeah. yeah. But they're clearly right. trying to extend it. So we have those reactions and those moments at certain parts, but so interesting to hear you two talk about it too. Cause there are, it is like a breather in between and also mm-hmm. to probably like, cause they're writing as they go. So I'm sure then you're like, let's just put stuff together and we can kind of set things up. There's not like a huge amount of moving points. You can take this episode yeah, out. Exactly. It's okay. It's totally fine. Yeah. Which is interesting because um, I wonder if it was like an episode that they already kind of had before they did a bunch of rewrites or maybe not like fully, but like this was already on their docket of like a potential episode for this season. And they were like, you know what? We've really relied on this story for the last few. Let's just like pop this one in. Um, And then it's actually interesting too, because I have watched ahead a little bit as well. And the next episode is the Thanksgiving episode of this season, which is the one with all the Thanksgiving, uh, the one with the Thanksgiving flashbacks or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, And that one also, I mean, it does nod to the Monica Chandler relationship, but it's not as much about it. Like it has elements that are also a little bit like not a ton happens in it in terms of like moving the story forward. So you could probably skip that one as well. So it's interesting. We're kind of in like, you know, we're still pretty early on in the season. This is the seventh episode of a, I think 24 episode season, 24, 26, something like that. Um, In my mind, I was like, oh, it's a mid season slump like last week. And I was like, oh, we're only on the sixth episode. There's like 20 (laughs) more episodes. You know what I mean? Like we're not exactly to the middle of the season, Uh, but yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It is really interesting for me, like picking apart episodes in order as we go through a season and just seeing that there is kind of like a flow to like what the episodes feel like and noticing like when they're paying more attention to story when they're going back more towards just their classics like their classic energy of just more jokes and keeping a little bit more light so yeah it's been really interesting any favorite jokes or favorite moments or favorite storylines or least favorite storylines what do you think i just really loved phoebe's attraction to Larry, the food inspector, because, or the health inspector. Yeah. Because one, I've worked in the restaurant industry and health inspectors aren't like that. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> like, they are not fun and funny and like cute. Yeah, like uh, I mean, I've had very meticulous health inspectors that um, are annoying, you know, but not not like goofy. And I I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do they have a badge? I don't think so. <laughs> um, but I did love sort of that, like. I love the idea that Phoebe is like super turned on by the badge and that badge is of a health inspector, not like a police officer, you know, not like something else like that. It's like, it's a health inspector. And that is so enticing to her. And there's something about, I don't know, his jokes are fine. They're like funny or whatever, but she thinks they are the funniest things that she's ever heard in her life. And I yeah. love that energy. Good. I also realized too, that she, I watching this episode made me realize that Phoebe loves a man in a uniform mm-hmm. because she also dates the police officer later. And then she also with the firefighter was yeah. a teacher, which she's got like at the same time, but like the firefighter mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm like, I hadn't put that together until I watched the health inspector when I was like, she loves a man with a badge or she loves a man in like, uh, uniform I love that too because like it's so the opposite of her right she's so like wild and kooky and has this like really rough background and is like basically a borderline a criminal you know what I mean and like for her to like love a man in a badge I think that's so funny I just like love that that's like really hilarious to me that like she's like oh that structure I can just the authority yeah Yeah, authority even though she definitely is like a rebel you know so that's really interesting yeah so I loved when he's like shutting down all these places right and she's and it was fun at first and he's like oh let's go we want to go to that Italian place on you know whatever address and she's like oh I love that place so no he's like how about mama (laughs) Cita's or whatever and she's like ew all right (laughs) Yeah, totally. That was so great. I love that joke too. And on that storyline, also the moment with like the milk in Central Park. I mean, that's a joke that I like have remembered from this show for years as probably one of my like favorite moments where she's like, oh no. Like he's like, wait, how long has that milk been sitting out? And she's like, oh no, like this place is totally healthy. Like this is my milk. Yeah, I bought it earlier today because I was thirsty for milk. And she like takes a sip out of it. And she's like, Oh, mm-hmm. and then she like turns her face away from the camera and makes this like horrible face, like, oh God. So hilarious. I just love that. I love Phoebe's line of like the first time when they go out to the restaurant, they're at that first date, and he's like, We gotta go right now. Like, I just passed like seven different violations. And then she's like, then she gets turned on, and then she's like, yeah. shut it down. And like that line shut it, just shut it down. Yeah. Me. It's so great. Oh, that was so good. Yes, I loved that too. Yeah, this is a really fun storyline and her energy in it is just hilarious and really funny. And just in that scene, Jenny, um, just like a quirky character moment for Phoebe when he goes to the bathroom and she's salting her salad or whatever. And she like pours a little salt in her hand and throws it over her shoulder. Just like, that's just something that she does every day. I loved that. I do that too. If I spill it, but you didn't spill any. So I was like, you shook it out and you didn't spill any salt. So why are you throwing it over your shoulder? Yeah. Like, it's just it, like throw it over your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I love it. It's just like, oh, it's just, it's just a baby like thing. Anytime I use salt, I have to throw some. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So cute. I love her. 
Um, what did we think of the Ross storyline? My one of my very favorites, which I had to practice on my own, which will not tr- translate over podcast. But Ross with the hands, <laughs> like yes. down the sound with the face. Mm-hmm. is so good which also I mean obviously he's an incredible physical comedian he but really is you just know they wrote something in about like he, Ross gives a signal of like quiet it down but like yeah. to do the, the hand and the hand other hand pushing down mm-hmm. and the face like yeah. that's brilliant it's so good so that that was it's definitely so my good. favorite and then I love level. like Joey trying to mimic it and Chandler's like, what are you, what are you talking about the hands? And he's like, you know, Ross is quiet down. And then Chandler knows exactly what he's talking he's like, about oh, because he this? lived with him in college. Right. And does um, like a really exaggerated <laughs> version of like the yeah. face. Like. <laughs> uh, it's so good. And I love that uh, I have IMDb up right now. And that's the image for this episode is Ross. And it's this weird, like, I'm sorry, but also I have more power than you face. Like, Oh, mm-hmm, yeah, you need to be a little bit more quiet. Thanks for trying, you know, and it's it's like that energy, right? Where And I think that's what's so off-putting is that everyone's like, why are you being an asshole right now? Just tell me to be quiet. So funny. And like, it's funny because Ross is kind of the most serious of the three. Like, he's just very serious. And so, you know, he's also, I was cracking up because he has like his laptop and I'm like, oh my God, a 1998 laptop. That's like hilarious. I was like dying. But I mean, he's like coming to their home and he's like, you need to accommodate me by like being quiet. Like, Joey, you can do whatever you want. This is your apartment. Anyway, um, also to like get into more of like the clown terms here for a second, you know, they're in clown, there's like a one and a two, right? There's like the one is the boss and they're kind of the more serious one. And then the two is like the, you know, in air quotes, like the dumb one, the idiot, like the one that's a little bit more like doing shenanigans and has like a lower status. And of course, these are like messed with all the time. This is just like a very like loose structure and there's a million like twists on this. But it's kind of interesting because in general, I would say that like Chandler and Joey, you know, they live together. They're really like a pair, you know, and Chandler's like the one, he's the more like normal adult one. And then Joey's the two because he's Joey. He's the more like out there and like kooky, silly, nutty, dumb one, or the, you know, the dits, the ditzy one. I love saying that men are ditzy. Mm -hmm. Um, He's ditzy. And it's just funny to have Ross come in because he's like even more of a one than Chandler. You know what I mean? So then that kind of like moves that whole dynamic around. Mm -hmm. And then Chandler is like acting out more. It's just, it's also so funny to have Chandler, like Chandler has all this sort of like he's like seems very triggered by the like memory of living with Ross in college (laughs) so things are like setting him off Mm -hmm. like the whole thing with the humidifier was so funny I was like it's really not that big of a deal it's a humidifier but you know he like hates it and it's just this like whole thing (laughs) which just goes to show too why so many people relate to the show and why it's still relevant because while Ross is working from home, I'm like, are you work from home paleontologist in 1998? <laughs> like what, like, what, what business, what dinosaur business are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But, but obviously we've got people working from home and yeah. stuck at home with each other. And I, I, and even the humidifier part, like living with roommates. And I mean, oh, like yeah. that is so actively something that people still deal with. So mm. it's so easy to relate yeah. to it and laugh. Cause you're like, 
I know that guy who would charge me for filters of his humidifier. Right, right. What, you know, so that, I love that. I love that. So, so relatable. Yeah, so funny. And like, um, oh, I kind of lost my train of thought. But what I was also also going to say is like, I loved in that storyline how like, first it's sort of like Chandler's more complaining and Joey's like, hey, Ross is our friend. We need to help mm-hmm. him out. And then like in the next scene, like, Joey's more complaining and Chandler's like Ross is our friend we gotta help him out and then like Mm. in the third scene both of them are like we gotta get this guy the fuck out you know (laughs) what I mean and and yeah and then the whole progression of like they kind of squeeze him into applying for this apartment that's like ludicrously tiny but then um you know then they feel bad and they're like oh they he knows we were trying to get rid of him and then the landlord calls and um at first Joey's like oh yeah he's a great guy and then Chandler's like you know grabs the phone and sabotages it and actually one of my favorite jokes in the episode was after Chandler hangs up that phone call and Joey's like, what'd you do that for? And then Chandler just like waits. It's so good. And they just just like stare at each other. He just stares at him and he just like waits for him to like catch up mentally. And he's like, finally. And they exchange (laughs) different looks. It's like, what the fuck? Anyway, it's just, it's hilarious. And it's like, of course, brilliantly executed. But I did think it was funny that they're, they're kind of like back and forth and in the beginning of like one person's on his side the other is they're trying to like talk talk each other down and then they both just kind of like can't deal with it and yeah I love the moment too of Chandler and Joey discussing what they're going to do how they're going to handle this Ross situation and Chandler going like what are we gonna do and then Joey says he's like how about pizza and <laughs> yes it's just so good. And also now we're talking about it reminds me of Phoebe being like, or Phoebe and Larry being like, where are we going to eat? Like it mirrors yeah. that as yeah. well, but also just like such a classic Joey line that I laughed out loud at mm-hmm. again, but it's yeah. just, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And like how seriously Joey takes it. He's like, oh, I don't know, maybe pizza, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's so serious, which I get it. I mean, dinner yeah. is also very important, but yeah, that's hilarious. I love that comparison of like those two moments. That's really good. We talked a lot about in the last episode with our, our guest, Jill, who lived in New York and her first New York apartment was teeny yeah. tiny. And, and so it was, it was great when they go to see this studio apartment and it's just, it's so small. And one of my favorite jokes is they, they look at the, the kitchen bathroom which right. they're, you know, uh, Chandler and Joey are really trying to sell like, oh, we've got the kitchen and the bathroom in the same room. So that's great. And then Joey says, well, let's see the rest of the place. And they just turn their shoulders <laughs> and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the rest of the place. This is it. <laughs> so good. And just thinking about the amount of boxes that's that's in Joey and Chandler's like, yeah, th- that would just his boxes alone would fill up that teeny tiny, you know, two thousand dollar a month uh, studio. Oh my God. Right. Totally. Also, Joey being like, can we have a stove or is it a stove? Can we we put a bathtub in our kitchen? Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. So good. Um, Well, it just reminds me of earlier when he makes the fort and I guess I kind of already like touched on this when Joey's trying to be the one to like, you know, calm Chandler down. He's like, you know, Ross is our friend. He needs our help. 
so be an adult and get in the four and watch TV with me, <laughs> which is just like hilarious. I've really noticed in this, like this time watching it through that, like Joey is great. He actually kind of has a lot of like wisdom at different times and is like a super like good guy beneath all the like skeeziness or whatever. Um, but yeah, I definitely having a new appreciation for him in this rewatch. I agree. I, I do think a lot of speaking of, you know, things that maybe didn't age as well, but yeah. <laughs> the line I laugh out at every single time the tag at the end is one of the funniest moments to me, <laughs> but Absolutely. Ross in the fort wearing the hat, and he's like, isn't this a woman's hat? And without a beat, Joey says, stop talking crazy and make us some tea. <laughs> I laugh so good. every time I hear it. It's always funny to me. Always. It's so good. It's so good. I love that too. I love that too. And just the moment where like, you know, Chandler comes in, he sees Joey's like, oh, Joey, you're being silly. And then Ross just pops up with like an even crazier hat on. Right. Especially since Ross is that like more serious character. Like that's just so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, come on, join us. And Chandler like goes from being serious to being like, okay. <laughs> like, excited. Oh, so cute. Those guys are great. And their friendship is very ultimately like wholesome and like adorable. Yeah. It feels so good that it returns back to like its homeostasis yeah. at the end too. Like they're back in a fort. They're fine. Yeah, exactly. They're going to figure it out. You know, it's totally it feels nice. I think that really relates to like that classic sitcom structure. Right. And I yeah. know Howard always talks about like putting the toys back to where you found them. And so you have, you have this storyline that now you've introduced Ross into Chandler and Joey's house that causes tension and then ultimately it's all fine and everyone's fine now you yeah, know and absolutely. that's just a classic story uh that's just a, such a classic sitcom story structure that totally. I think that's why I was like oh this feels so comforting because yeah. it like mommy and daddy aren't fighting anymore it's just like my yeah. my friend the sitcom absolutely yeah I love that too so I guess we should talk about Rachel Ugh. And Rachel's storyline. I hate, I hate this. Uh, <laughs> it's just annoying. It's just stupid. I just hate people that are like that in general. Like I just, <laughs> I'm such a communicator. I, I have to like, even when I was dating, I'd be like, I'm going to be super transparent. And if you don't like it, like goodbye. And so I just, this whole playing games thing is really annoying to me in life. And then so anyway, I'm sorry, I needed to get off my high horse, but I need no, to feel about that. Let it out. <laughs> I totally get it. But I, I will say we had kind of like last week when we were recording, we had kind of like talked a little bit ahead about this episode. And so that's kind of what I had in mind. And actually, as I was rewatching it, I was... I wasn't as annoyed by it as I thought I, I would be based on like our prior conversation. I actually thought it was kind of funny. And I think for me, it's because like, I remember what it's like to be that person a little bit. Okay. So like, let me back up. Wait, I feel Zoe, like, do I hate you? hundred <laughs> percent. I think okay. we all okay, know cool. that. I think for Rachel, it feels a little bit out of character because she's usually like so confident and so on in charge. Rachel's actually kind of not that likable this season, which is fine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to kind of be a little bit more cool with that. Also, you need to shake things up and like create conflict, right? So like not everyone's going to be their like best selves. 
the whole time, you know, if we, okay, I'm not trying to like make too many excuses for Rachel, but like, you know, she kind of went through some heartbreak and some turmoil in the beginning of the season and she's like rebounded and she's like trying to figure out her life. But it felt, so this behavior from Rachel and just for anyone who isn't super fresh on the episode, basically um, Danny, their neighbor is like basically barely acknowledging her existence and acting super aloof. And she's just like, oh, I see what he's doing. He's not inviting, you know, she's just very much overthinking and thinking there's this like big game going on between them. Whereas he is very obviously like not thinking about her like at all. Because they did go on a date. And so I think they did. So, so they w- they did go on a date in the previous episode. And so she's still kind of holding on to like, oh, oh why hasn't he called right. me that kind of, you know, rather than thinking maybe he's not into me, which I'm sure she's not used to people thinking that, which I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. She's, I agree. She's re- She's I mean, she's, she's gorgeous. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. But so then her whole mentality is like, oh, he's playing this long game. And she right, like right. double, triple downs on this game of, well, he's not doing this because he's actually doing this. And, you know, yeah. what? It, so anyway, continue, Zoe, please, before I like yeah, yeah, burn yeah. this so, house down. <laughs> no, no, it's your house. So did everyone. I'm in my own home. But, um, but no. So what I thought was interesting. So for me, this behavior felt a little bit too young. I don't know how old they're supposed to be in this season it's midway through. So I think they're supposed to be mid to late twenties at this point in time, maybe yeah, probably, like 26 yeah. or so. I know they all mm-hmm. turned 30, like at some point in the series, but I don't think that has happened yet. Um, or I know Ross is a little bit older, but anyways, this behavior felt like a little bit younger to me. Like to me, this behavior felt more like something that I resonated with when I was in my like early, early twenties, maybe late teens. I mean, I'll be the first to say that, like, I am a terrible communicator, especially when I was in my dating years. I, yeah, communication, not my strong suit, like dealing with dating, not my strong suit, none of that stuff, not good at any of that. Um, but it, it really, I thought it was actually kind of funny because it's this whole idea that, like, she's just playing a mental battle like with herself like there's no one on the other side she's 100% like constructing this whole thing and I must say I do remember the like oh well he hasn't texted you know he texted me this and it's been three days but you know should I say this or should I wait and like you can't text more than once obviously now we're on to texting but like they didn't have that then but that's Mm -hmm. what it reminded me of in my own life and I thought it was Mm -hmm. I thought it was actually kind of funny I think so too. I think I will say I am a huge fan of Rachel in her floundering state. I find it very funny. And like, there is nothing funnier to me than her at the airport getting back with Julie Mm -hmm, and Ross. mm -hmm. And she's like, Julie, like that whole scene, like that to me is like Rachel at her best. So while (laughs) I don't think this is like the funniest she's ever been, Mm -hmm. I also think that Rachel being like overcome with anxiety and floundering in this way that she never flounders is funny to me. And I buy it in that, um, like you said, Zoe, I have, I have been the anxiety ridden person who is overanalyzing everything. And you're like, I got this, like, I'm on top of it. I figured out the game. And so seeing her run with that to the extreme, of course. And also I think the perfect foil of Danny being like, 
what the heck are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. it's fun to watch, but I also understand Heather that that is frustrating <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I love that you pointed that out, Jenny, because like, again, going back to the clown thing, I would say that like, um, Rachel tends to be a little bit more in control, right? In that sense, she's more of a one where like, she's gorgeous. She's got this, she's got that, you know, she's like really trying to like control everything around her and be, you know, Miss Thing or whatever. That's a very outdated thing to say. But when she's, when things get <laughs> messed up and she gets flustered, that's really where the humor is. Like when mm-hmm. she can't control things, when she's totally off base, like you said, when she's floundering, like that's when that's like a, a really interesting like place for her character to be is when she's just like, she's just fucking up you know what I mean and like really trying to make it appear that like she's fully in control of the situation and she has a a gala to go to she has a regatta gala or whatever (laughs) she just is being more and more ridiculous as she attempts to like you know maintain this like story in her mind that like everything's going according to her master plan or whatever Which I think is so interesting now, like stepping back from it, seeing the different situations they put Rachel in. It's like she has to smoke in order to connect with her boss and like Mm -hmm. reconsidered or like she is getting is like doing well at work. But then Phoebe thinks that she made out with Ralph Lauren. So it's like all the situations (laughs) are like, oh, she has to be in her ex like maid of honor's wedding and then her dress is in her underwear it's like any time that we can put her in a situation Mm -hmm. where she is embarrassed and she doesn't have that control she doesn't have that power and she's not looking looking the coolest or being the coolest that to me is so funny because again we've earned that yeah exactly because she this is her nightmare (laughs) exactly Exactly. Yeah. And that's like a total clown thing. Like if you're a number one, like you being humiliated is what's funny, you know? So <laughs> anyways, yeah, that's I just, so I love that. I think, I think Jenny, I love that because I, all those, those Rachel moments that you brought up, I are very memorable and I think are very funny. And I think the difference for me in this is that they're like, we're all laughing at Rachel when her dress is in her underwear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, because it's it's so much between just her and Monica mm. and Monica is written to like really not understand. And it, it isn't until the very end when Monica's like, I need a drink yeah. uh, that that I like actually was like, oh, that's funny. And I think it's because yeah. they wrote it that Monica's like, honey, I don't understand what, what you're doing here, which I think is, is very relatable <laughs> as the audience. Like I thought, I think they made Monica the sort of the, the point of view of the audience to be like, we mm. don't know, we don't know this, this rationale, this plan that you're coming up with doesn't make any sense. Are there balls? Are there courts? What's going <laughs> on? You know? And it's less like we're all laughing and more just mm. we're all confused or I don't know. That's kind of right. how I connected to it where it doesn't, yeah. it didn't feel as funny to me because I felt frustrated. <laughs> that's really interesting. Cause I didn't read Monica as not understanding. I think she understands. She's just like, Oh boy, here we go again. You know what I mean? She's just like, you're <laughs> reading way too much into this. And it's interesting too. Cause I know we said there, there really isn't much Monica and Chandler in this, but if you consider it, like, if you think about the dynamic that like Monica's in a relationship and Rachel isn't, 
that kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, that kind of That's brings true. to mind some just previous friend interactions where like the one with a boyfriend is like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? And like the one who's single is like, oh, well, he texted me this. I need to like wear this. He once said my lip gloss was cute on like this day. So I need to, meanwhile, the guy's like dating someone else and she has an idea or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think that Monica, at least how I re- how I like took it is like, it's not that she like literally like doesn't understand. She's just like, oh boy, here we go again. And Rachel's clearly not in, in any space to be like, honey, I think that when he said we're not, you know, I think when he didn't invite us, that was pretty clear that we're not invited versus like, it's a, some sort of long con or whatever. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know what, when I think when he invited us last minute, that was totally fine. He's an acquaintance, like he's a neighbor, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I did, I do enjoy that idea that Monica's kind of like the voice of the audience. And that the button on that whole thing was just Monica being like, well, you're nuts by being like, I mm-hmm. don't need a drink. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was also just funny that, and I get like they wanted to do this for the comedy sake, but when Danny comes up and asks for a ladle and mm-hmm. he like knocks on the door and Monica's like, it's Danny, what do I do? And, and Rachel's like, well, you can't let him in, you know, because I'm not supposed to be at this gala. <laughs> and I want to be like, girl, go to your room. <laughs> right. Like just go in your room and shut the door. Yeah. It's go any, you know, hi, you know, whatever. And so obviously she hides behind the door for comedy's sake. And it's very yeah. goofy because she like right. hits herself or runs into the wall or something. I don't know. But I, I just was like, girl, you are out of your mind right now. <laughs> yeah. I love that her trying to find reason in like I wouldn't be at a regatta like what kind of regatta happens at night or like what kind of gala happens yeah. at night or like the one that you're supposed to be at I don't know like there's no rules like I have no idea when galas regatta galas happen <laughs> no one does Danny doesn't care Danny doesn't know and like her trying He's to create reason yeah is so funny yeah I mean not to just keep beating the same drum but like that's very clown too is to be like you know in your mind your logic like clown logic is meticulous like they their reality is very real to them and everything makes sense in order and it does not make sense to like anyone in the outside world and Monica's line there when she's like you know what kind of gala happens at night and she's like the fake kind yeah (laughs) like no one gives a shit anyways yeah hilarious I I did really enjoy when they're at Danny's party in the apartment hallway that he introduces him to his friend, right? Because that's the whole yeah. thing is he's setting him up with his friend, Tom. And uh, Tom's like, I heard you work at Bloomingdale's. My mom calls it Bloomies. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that guy seems super lame but that was hilarious. well right like, but i mean like someone to be set up with but that he was has hilarious. like two lines and i feel like i know everything about him yes, you know 100%. which is that is uh jenny as you were saying at the top of this it's like that is efficient writing yeah 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 you absolutely. know two lines that's it yeah right Another joke I really liked was Joey comes in and he's like, you guys have anything to eat? You know, I just went down to such and such spot and they were closed down or whatever. And basically, (laughs) um, you know, Phoebe's like, oh, me and Larry were there. He shut down, whatever. And and Joey's like, if this guy keeps closing down all our favorite places, where are we going to eat? And Monica's like, I don't know, clean places. And then Joey's like, oh, mm, yum, like super sarcastically, <laughs> like that's like the most stupid idea anyone's like ever had. I love that. I also really enjoyed Monica trying to cover for 
uh, Rachel when she's like trying to come downstairs so that she's looking like she's coming upstairs. Firstly, just like Rachel in the background trying to like sneak down the stairs and then, and then like a bunch of people start walking up. Right. And so then she has to like panic and go back upstairs and yeah. then has to, then goes down like that. Just great physical, just background acting. Excellent. Hilarious. And just Monica just doesn't really seem like the type of person who can really cover well. Oh no. And God, so no. I just love that. Like, Oh, what, what are we eating? What is this? Like, salad oh wow yeah and what's this bread oh and he's like aren't you a chef <laughs> yes that was so funny and actually that's the joke that the recipe our recipe was inspired by so I love that you brought that up and um in re-watching the episode also I love even before that Monica's like great party great food I mean most parties you go to these days are just chips and salsa chips and salsa <laughs> you're just like Monica what are you talking about dude also she literally just walked down like she just arrived anyway yeah it's just really funny I feel like salad and bread are not party foods. Right? Especially like stand, standing in a hallway party. You know, I mean, we're assuming that the party is happening in his apartment, right? Yeah. Um, but the fact that that people are in the hallway means maybe like there's lots of people. So it just right. doesn't feel like, it's not like a, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's really funny. It feels like a weird like post-graduation buffet. <laughs> you know, that you weird. like- get from Olive Garden, you know, or whatever. Mm. That sounds like a party. I mean, I, mean, yeah, I, would yeah. be, I wouldn't be mad about that. I feel like I was looking at this plate this time and it almost seemed like the vibe I got was almost more like a pizza and salad situation. But I mean, it, he didn't, you know, he says it's bread. I don't know. Not a big deal, but it's a very weird choice. It was just weird. The party was in the hallway because there, I mean, there is a scene in Danny's herb. I don't know if it's the next episode with his sister when oh. she comes down or if it's in two episodes but it's like you do mm. see his apartment so it's weird because I kept being like why are they just hanging out in the hallway right and I'm sure they were just trying to be you know use the space that they had that not have to set up another set but it was just very strange I don't know many parties in apartments you can just chill in the hallway Right. I mean, I think the vibe, it was supposed to be like, there's so many people they're like spilling out into the hallway, but it is a bit like ridiculous. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned sets though, because I actually was thinking earlier in the episode, I was like, wow, there's a lot of sets in this episode because they, mm. we see like Monica's restaurant, which we, at least we haven't seen before this season. I think it does appear throughout this, throughout the series at various times. Um, and then they're like in all these different restaurants, like there's a lot yeah. more like moving sets. And I was like, this is a multicam. That's kind of weird. So like Phoebe's storyline really moved a lot. Whereas, you know, and then they even like with Ross, they go see the other apartment. True. Um, so it felt like there were kind of a lot of sets for the show. So yeah. maybe that's why. And maybe they hadn't decided if they were going to like add Danny's apartment yet if they maybe add it in a, in a later episode, but that's a really interesting thing to point out for sure. And then we get to see all the stairs action, which is what they wanted. They want right. Rachel yeah. to be, I realize when she's trying to get down the stairs to come back up, that's where the physical comedy comes in. You can't do that in his apartment. So that makes right. sense. Yeah. What a rowdy party. It, you know, it goes it overflows into the hallway on the stairs. <laughs> Gosh, how many friends you have people? Geez, unrealistic. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else we want to touch on about the episode before we move on? I just want to do a little shout out to Gunther uh, yeah. when he's getting called out by the health inspector. 
He just looks like like a sad little wet puppy with his bags of mm-hmm. trash. <laughs> he just he <laughs> looks he looks so he just looks like a small child who's being reprimanded, you know, like and the- feels so bad. <laughs> He's like, but then I'd have to walk all the way around the dry cleaners or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Gunther. Oh. Oh, we love him. Yeah. Any other moments? I do love Phoebe's hair clips at dinner. Mm. That's my favorite fashion moment. Oh, I'm actually glad you brought up fashion because I actually had a few fashion notes for this episode. I loved Phoebe's hair, her like that very late yep. 90s style of the like million tiny little butterfly style mm-hmm. clips. Oh yeah. yeah. So amazing. Um, Phoebe had some amazing looks in this episode. In that first scene, she's wearing this like blue kind of almost plaid dress with like an, a webbed like black cardigan over it. Um, and I was just like, sh- and then I, then I saw the hair clips in the next scene that she's in. And I was like, oh my gosh, she just looks like Adelia's model. Do you guys remember? Oh Delia? my gosh. Yes. She just oh looks straight gosh. out of the pace of Adelia's. And then um, later she has like these dragonfly clips in her hair, which are great. And then she has that orange coat, which is, of mm-hmm. course, like iconic and amazing and just like so loud. And I feel like she kind of personifies like the teen fashion, almost like the te- more teen fashion of that era, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Um, I also loved Rachel's leopard print coat that she's wearing in the party scene. It was so Incredible. good. Yeah. So those are my fashion. And then, of course, Ross's hair. Right. In the beginning, which is nuts. Well, we did, we did talk about in the last episode how his hair felt a lot longer. Yeah, his hair's um, getting longer right now. And yeah. for whatever reason, and they definitely played with that. His hair looked insane in the first episode, or first bit. Yeah, that was fun. I and I did stop. like that joke when they're like, well, when you're feeling better, let us know so that we can make fun of your hair. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Totally. In this season, has it been pretty gelled? You'll have to remind it's me. It's been pretty gelled, I think. Yeah. And the last, I think in the last episode we were talking, because like, it seems like it's getting longer and it's very kind of like slicked, like longer and slicked back. Oh, yeah. Kind of vibe, which is not my favorite, like Ross hair. But yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. I love it. <laughs> He's looking disagree. buff, I will say, in this season. Like I was like, has Ross always been this buff? When I tuned into this episode, I was like, goodness. It looks like he's been working out. I wonder if he was doing like shooting a movie or something at this time that he had to like be in shape and have weird long hair. I don't know, (laughs) but that's really funny. Okay, well, let's move on and talk about who we were in the episode. Who did you most resonate with in this episode? Jenny, you are our guest. We'll start with you. I think I connect most with Ross in this episode Mm. because I move so much. Oh, God. (laughs) In the last, how old am I? In the last uh, 12, 13 years of my life, I've moved like 12 times. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. I move so much and I literally have nightmares that I have to move. I had one two days ago. So I feel like I connect to Ross in that way. He is feeling displaced and in between things. Um, So I am am, uh, empathetic to him there. And also I feel like I am... I claim the word bossy as a woman. I love it. But I yeah. feel <laughs> like I can be that bossy person who is like 
please be quiet, but then I'm also, or please be quiet and respect my space, although I will not do that necessarily back to you and I won't notice the hypocrisy like that. She's definitely Ross in this episode, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah, need so to I'm throw gonna... Sam some of these like when you're working in the future, yeah. I, I really had to practice in front of a mirror to do this. That's so funny. I love it. I love it. For for those of you who are listening, Zoe and Jenny are both doing the Ross quiet down gesture. Thank you, is Heather, a, our it's narrator. Pac-Man, and then like the other hand comes and kind of sits down on the other side, like they're <laughs> almost talking. And then it's the pursing of the lips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The facial expression's really, really important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have to throw up like a demo video or something like that. <laughs> I love that. Heather, who did you most resonate with in this episode? I most resonated with Monica, uh, specifically around the Rachel thing. I think um, Mm. as a good supportive friend, I'm definitely that person that's like, sure. Yeah, whatever, whatever you need to do. Um, Maybe. Uh, you know, there, there are other ways to look at the situation, but you do you. And then also the, just to her trying to like distract Danny at the party. I just feel like that is probably word for word what I would do. You're like, here I am. Like I, awkward, like, yeah. I'm not <laughs> awkward. Look how not awkward I am in this moment. Ha 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 ha. Amazing. So, so yeah, that's who I definitely resonated with. I love that. What about you, Zoe? Um, I actually had a tough time because both Rachel and Phoebe were really like reminding me of myself, as I mentioned, like in my sort of like very early 20s during my like in air quotes, like dating times or whatever. In retrospect, I was not I really didn't have much of like a dating career because I really didn't start like boys weren't really into me in high school. So like, it was really only like 18 to 24. And then when I was 24, I got together with my now like long-term partner. So thank God that dating stage is over because I was not good at it. I had some serious (laughs) issues, but they both kind of reminded me of elements of that time. As I mentioned, the whole thing of like overthinking and over planning and like strategizing. Whereas like, especially now with some distance, like knowing that like the guy who's on the receiving end is like, has nothing, no awareness of that (laughs) whatsoever and likely barely knows who I am. You know what I mean? Um, And then also with Phoebe too, and it's this whole idea of like, when you're into someone or you have a crush on someone, like you think they're so cool and they're so (laughs) funny and like everything they say is like so funny. And like, Larry's kind of like a dork, but like Mm -hmm. every like little lame joke he makes, Phoebe's like, oh, you were just nonstop. You know, she's just like, (laughs) (laughs) cannot get enough she's like so obsessed and then like after a while like once you kind of like see it you can't unsee it she's like you're really kind of not that great you know what I mean but it's like you're just so entranced like during that time so it was really interesting because both Rachel and Phoebe were kind of like giving me flashbacks to that like really awkward like very young adult like attempts at interacting with men (laughs) I feel that. I love that. And I love that. It's like, it's two very different sides of the same kind of idea, right? It's like this, look at me. I'm like hot and cool and playing this game. And also the like, "Ah, everything you do is funny and I love you. And here I am, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. (laughs) 
which actually just reminds me of a joke we didn't really talk about but like in the first scene with Danny they're like in the coffee shop and you know Monica's like what's going on with you and Danny like you know after you went on that one date or whatever um she's like oh I see him in the hallway we flirt I'm all (laughs) 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 nothing you know which I just found like hilarious so it's like yeah it's all it's all tied together (laughs) yeah that's great I love it All right, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll move on to the food portion. Okay, welcome back. Now it is time for the food. First of all, Jenny, how would you describe yourself as a cook? How comfortable are you in the kitchen? very comfortable in the kitchen. Mostly, I mean, we cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner here. Obviously we are uh, working from home. We're very lucky to be working from home. So we're cooking even more, but love to bake, love to cook, love to make up our own recipes and follow recipes the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, so our recipe for this episode is a panzanella salad. And as I had touched on in the previous segment, it was inspired by that, um, that moment at the party where Monica's trying to distract Danny and she's like, Ooh, this looks so good. What's this? And he's like salad. And she's like, Ooh, salad. And what's this? And she, and he's like, bread, are you a chef? Um, which is hilarious. So um, anywho, um, that was the inspiration that I took for this recipe and made a panzanella salad, which is a bread salad. Just a quick, um, quick tidbit. My, I think my first encounter, at least that I remember with a panzanella salad is when actually my first kitchen job back in the day, let's just say back in the day, mm-hmm. um, when I was much, much younger, I started off as a dishwasher and then I um, moved up to being like a pantry cook. So I would make salad and dessert. It was just a really tiny, like two person kitchen. And one of the dishes that we had on the menu was a panzanella salad. So you would take like two thick slices of sourdough and grill those and then like cut them up and toss them with the rest of the salad ingredients. Um, So that was kind of my inspiration that and just like the fact that it's it is getting on to October, but there's still kind of the last of the beautiful summer tomatoes are still available. And I've been loving tomato salads all summer. So kind of wanted to incorporate those elements. So the salad is basically, as I mentioned, it's the grilled bread, it's tomatoes, um, basil, and some couple handfuls of greens, and then a vinaigrette that has a flavor profile that for me was kind of inspired by harissa. So it has like cumin, coriander, caraway, um, and some red chili flake, and then some garlic powder in there as well. So yeah, that's kind of a brief overview of the recipe. So let me ask um, to both Heather and Jenny, what was your first impression on seeing the recipe? Well, my first impression was I didn't know what a panzanella salad was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Like I, uh, I think I had heard of sort of like a bread salad before, but I looked at it and was like, oh, this looks fairly easy. I already have some of these items. I did have to go get get a handful of items. But mm-hmm. I mean, as usual, Zoe, your your photos, I mean, I was like, I would like to eat this out of my phone right now um, <laughs> because it just it looks so gorgeous. So it was definitely it was I was 
very intrigued and very excited. Um, I, I eat a lot of salads. That's kind of like my go-to. Um, mm-hmm. I typically like will buy a package of pre-made salad sort of mix or whatever, and then mm-hmm. get additional greens that I'll add to it. Mm. So, um, you know, I'll have, or even like a, like a slaw mix, but yeah. then I'll add just like lettuce, whatever to, so I still have that crunchiness. So I, I do eat a lot of salads, but this was really nice. It was exciting to like make my own vinaigrette. Uh, and for the most part, it was, I was just excited with how kind of how easy and simple it was. Awesome. What was your first impression, Jenny? Yeah, I had, this is only the second time I've ever made a panzanella, mm-hmm. but the first time I, we just started doing Blue Apron like a couple of months ago. Oh, cool. Is yeah. Podcast sponsored by Blue, Blue Apron by chance. No. No, we'd love it, but yeah, give us your money. Blue Apron. I hope they're hearing this. <laughs> yeah. um, so, cause I was always like, I, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to do blue apron. I don't need that. Cause I know how to cook. Right. And then we started doing it and it has become a staple for us because nice. like there's two days. I don't, we don't think about it. Mm-hmm. We can just show up as we are, which is usually yeah. tired and so hungry and not creative and just like have something to eat. But one of the yeah. recipes was a peach panzanella Ooh. salad mm. at the start of summer. It was delightful. Nice. And so, but that was, this was only the second time I've made it. And I, I love this recipe. I realized I'm not supposed to get too far into the actual <laughs> okay. recipe, but I was excited to make it again. Um, and also different flavor profile, I think, than what I, we had, I had made before. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was very excited to make the recipe. Great. So yeah, I mean, go ahead and dive into how it went if you'd like. Yeah. So I have a very large, humble brag here, but I made my own bread for (gasps) this recipe. Oh my gosh. I know you, you email, we were emailing the previous last weekend and you sent me that photo of your loaf of bread and I was incredibly impressed. So you definitely get like lots of gold stars. Insert for you. Insert round of applause sound. Yeah, exactly. Great job. Thank you. (laughs) Really proud of myself. Honestly, I've been. uh, I tried the starter thing when I lived in Chicago at the beginning of COVID, like everybody did, and uh, could not make it happen. I think it just went bad, and like I know it's supposed to stink. This starter was so foul. Oh no. You would not believe it, right? So it was not right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I gave up. And then my sister and my mom are like in their little sourdough. I don't even know. They're in their little pact of sourdough yeah. lovers. I and love my sister mailed me dried like some of her starter that she oh, wow. freeze dried. Wow. I still couldn't cool. make it work. And then when she came to visit in July, she brought me some on the plane of her starter and nice. then she was with us for a week. And then while she was here, she like taught me how to like feed the darn thing. Yeah. And so now we make like either bread or like pizza dough each week, but that wow, was the game changer of, and it sounds cooler than it is. I realized because I like literally was so anti this for so long, but now I'm like, no, hey, it's my soda in my fridge, but that the bread was delicious in it grilled it on the stove because we don't have any outdoor space yeah. or grill or anything so we just did it on the stove which worked and I thought the basil was delicious I mm. like doubled the basil because I freaking yeah. love basil absolutely 
And also really interesting because I feel like usually with this recipe, I would want like a balsamic. Mm-hmm. And so I at first I was like, oh, what if I should just put some balsamic in? I'm like, no, I'm just going to eat it. And the like Zoe recipe unadulterated form and did not miss the balsamic mm-hmm. at all. It was like it. a different flavor. Like you said, that yeah. really fun, spicy pl- uh, flavor profile I loved. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I... Um, I'm pretty fairly unfamiliar with this type of salad. Um, since making it, I did some Googling and I noticed that at least a lot of the pictures that I saw didn't have like a lot of lettuce. Mm-hmm. So you, you have like, you suggest some kind of like handful of your lettuce of choice, kind of whatever mm-hmm. it's crunchy, what is around that you like, whatever. So when I made mine, they felt I may be, Maybe I should have used a bigger loaf of bread or maybe more mm. slices because mine, my, it, it felt like a salad with croutons. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the best croutons, they were, everything was delicious. <laughs> it was great. Right. But so when I was making it, I was like, wait, how, I don't understand how this is its own type of salad. Right. And then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, I see. I think there's supposed to be more bread. And so I was just curious, you know, Zoe, what, since a lot of the recipes I saw didn't really have much greens beyond mm-hmm. herbs, like what were, what were your thoughts on having the greens in there? Yeah. And that is a great question because I think it really could, the greens are sort of optional in a way, like a lot of panzanella salads don't really have so much greens, but I just, I don't know. I wanted to add a little something extra. And like my thought on like one of my favorite kind of combos of greens and salads in general is to sort of do one flavorful green, one crunchy green. So I used frisee and then I think um, arugula. And Mm. that's kind of my thought is like one kind of like leafy green. Um, I just also want to shout out like baby kale, I feel like is kind of an underutilized green. It's super delicious um, and also holds up really well in, in salads. And so that'd be a great option here too. And then, yeah, any crunchy lettuce, like romaine or butter lettuce, or like I said, I used frisee. I don't know. In my mind, I think I was like picturing this salad and I was just thinking about frisee for some reason. And I was like, that would be nice in here. Um, so I wanted to kind of like go in a slightly different direction. Um, I think also I have been making tons of like caprese salads all summer. And I have like, I have a caprese salad on my blog and stuff like that. Um, and like, I'm there for it. Like that is my thing. I love a caprese, but I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. So like, you know, I thought about doing a balsamic vinaigrette and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to just try something that's a little bit different and kind of go in a slightly different direction to kind of distinguish it from the sort of standard kind of, you know, and I was like, should I put mozzarella? And I ended up adding that like cheese was basically optional. Um, when I did make this for me and my partner, he was like, where's the cheese? <laughs> and we did eat it with, with mozzarella added as well. Um, but I think it's also absolutely delicious without. So it's, it's definitely optional. And without, you know, then it does also keep it vegan if that's what you're into um, and stuff like that. So yeah, that was kind of my thought around. It. I just wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, I will say, Heather, when I saw your photo that you had sent of yours, I was like, oh, that looks very like lettucey versus mm-hmm. like mine was very like tomato and bread with like some greens. And I, yeah. I, I realized I also used the 
you know, quantity, a handful, which maybe is a little bit like vague of lettuce. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was interested to hear how it went for you. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I love making salads and, and I actually, I love greens. So Mm -hmm. I, I prefer them. Um, what a very disappointing thing to me is when I see like beets salad on a menu and I order it and it's just a pile of beets. Right. Right. Love beets. They're great, but I I'm expecting it to be a salad. And to me, a salad means in a savory way, a a lettuce (laughs) with other things too. Um, So that's kind of what, like my mindset when I was doing, I guess my, my handfuls of lettuce. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was just looking back at your picture after I made it and was like, oh, I could have done more bread. Um, I did, I did go lighter on the tomatoes just because I Mm. sometimes have issues with like the tomato and the acid and I couldn't find any exciting tomatoes. It was just cherry tomatoes. Yeah. And I was like, if I'm going to eat like a lot of tomatoes, I want it to be worth it. Right. Um, so, so yeah, but I, I think if I were to make it again, I would definitely add more bread and, Mm -hmm. and like, I don't typically buy croutons. Yeah. Um, I just grocery store croutons are also pretty boring, but I, what I loved about this is that you get that croutony feel, but you're not like destroying the inside of your mouth. Like I feel like (laughs) most croutons because so when I was looking up what a panzanilla salad is, it's usually <laughs> using old bread. At least that's what mm-hmm. the internet told me. And yeah. I use like a fresh loaf and I accidentally like burnt the bread and I got mm-hmm. a little worried about that, but it was actually great yeah. because it was super crunchy. But then since you slice it up, you, you toast it on the stove in its full slice Right. And then you sli- and then you cut it up into small bite-sized pieces. And so you have uh, two sides of the six sides that a cube has, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Depending on where it is in the in the piece, because the center well, ones. We'll anyway, talk about a middle a piece here. All right, all right. <laughs> a middle piece is going to have, it has six sides, right? That's how a cube works. Sure, yeah. So four are soft. Oh, so two, you're saying two of the four two are, are crunchy. crunchy. Right, and then right, the right. four are, yeah, we're talking about a, a classic middle piece. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was it was crunchy, but then also still soft. So I was able to get yeah. that great flavor and that like nice like salty savoriness without I don't know, a lot of croutons, they just like tear up your soft palate and it sucks. hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely use day-old bread for this or bread that's a little bit more stale and it will come to life just as fine. Just, to, you know, it'll come also come to life just fine, especially once it's tossed with the dressing, mm-hmm. right? And I think for me, the sort of star for me of this or my favorite bite is like, a crouton that's like kind of soaked in dressing, but like it's charred enough on the, or it's toasted mm-hmm. or, you know, mine were slightly charred as well enough on the outside that it still has crunch, but then it also has some of that fresh bread flavor. And it also has a lot of that flavorful dressing that's kind of soaked in as well. I feel like I would love to have like some avocado in the salad too. Oh, yeah. That's a great and I was idea. Like, Right. And I was like, oh, if I have any, then I will put that in, which I didn't, but also I didn't even think about it. But then yeah. like looking back on it now, I'm like, that would be such a fun addition. And that would like round out the, I mean, I was thinking too, I'm like, oh, we'll eat this and we'll eat something else maybe afterwards. But 
Wait till I show you the pictures of how big my salad was. I had to yeah. move it to a bigger bowl. I had like a pizza or like a big popcorn yeah. bowl. And then when I was mixing it, I was like, it is all going to fall out of here. And so I had this huge bowl. I accidentally ordered one time and I thought it was going to be like a cute little salad bowl. And it's like enormous. It's like a punch bowl. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. And so I just put it in there. I'm like, this is an, a, a massive amount of salad. And oh, we wow. had it, the two of us had it for dinner and that's all we ate and I was I nice. was definitely felt like satiated and it mm-hmm. just felt perfect it was so amazing yummy. oh I love that and I would love to see photos if you have them you should send them along I took um, so many <laughs> nice that's great I felt like I should maybe add a note on the recipe that was like serves you know two as a meal four as a side or something like that because it definitely mm-hmm. makes like a large salad yeah. um Alex and I also ate it like as a meal I loved your use of herbs um, I mean, in this, it's basil and then uh, the spices in the dressing and then mm-hmm. the green onions. And I oh, feel yeah. like I, or scallions, um, I, I just, I feel like fresh herbs. And this is something I've noticed that you do just in mm-hmm. recipes we've done for this podcast and salads that you make in your world uh, outside of this, that just adding fresh herbs is such a game changer. Like it takes yeah. this could be mediocre, could be like, I'm just eating this because I need to eat something healthy today, salad into something that's like desirable and and like is each bite is kind of exciting. And that, that was something, it was just another reminder of like, Oh, it's really easy just to like get some herbs and throw that in. And it could be any mix of fresh herbs. They, they all will bring something different to, to the salad. Oh, for sure. And I love fresh herbs, especially like tender herbs, which are like parsley, cilantro and basil. And any of those would be great here. And actually, um, just to kind of circle back to when you were talking about the greens, I almost feel like the greens are almost like in my mind for the salad, they're almost an added like herb. You know what I mean? They're like an added like they're more of a garnish, whereas like the tomatoes and the bread are the base versus like the greens being the base. They're just like one more element to kind of enhance. But yeah, fresh herbs and green onions or scallions. I never know what to call them either. Um, those are like my go-to tricks. And I mean, you can literally sprinkle them on anything like a bowl of, you know, ramen noodles from the package. And all of a sudden you feel like you're eating something that's like fancy and flavorful and it feels fresh. And that's just one of my favorite, like go-to things to do for everything. Yeah. I also appreciated that the salad dressing was all stuff that I had already in my pantry. Mm-hmm. because we've been making more salad dressings at home again because we can we're here yeah but it, so much of it like I've been like grinding up a garlic clove and then yeah. I'm like this is just like more work than I want to do like I want to just yeah. pour stuff like dried uh herbs from the pantry put in olive oil yep. put in some vinegar put in some honey and then just shake it Like that to me was great. And I felt like it was the perfect amount of dressing too. Nice. I was like, that was exactly what we needed. It was just like, cause you have the tomatoes, you have like the moisture from the tomatoes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just such a nice compliment too. Oh, that's great. And I, I feel you because I feel like I have, you know, I make, I try salad recipes a lot too, from cookbooks and blogs and stuff. And sometimes it's nice to have like some extra dressing left over, but sometimes it's just like, you know, Uh, a month later I'm like why do I have like Mm -hmm. five jars of like a tiny bit you know what I mean it's just like a little bit 
can be a little bit annoying. So I'm glad that the recipe worked out that it's like just the right amount of dressing. Like there's plenty, but not overly, you know, not too much. And I also think with a salad like this, that's a little bit more sturdy. Like if you add maybe a little more dressing, like in general, I kind of shy away from like an overdressed salad, but like this, the salad's kind of like juicy and that's fine, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I think it's fine to like the extra dressing is just going to soak into those croutons, which is great. Yeah. Um, sure. And yeah, I was, um, like I said, I was kind of inspired by Harissa when I was making this recipe and I considered um, including that as like an element in the salad dressing, but I really wanted to keep, um, I mean, I think a lot of people do have that, but a lot of people don't. And I, I really wanted to keep it as just like very standard household ingredients so that it would be like more easy and accessible and people don't have to like you know, Google around to like find some crazy ingredient or whatever. I, and, and it's actually interesting because when I was making the salad, I made two dressings and I made one with a tablespoon of harissa in place of some of the spices. And then I made the one um, with the spices. And I actually preferred the one that just had the spices and not the harissa because the one with the harissa was a little bit overly spicy for me and it was still good. Um, but it just wasn't as much what I had in mind. So instead of like using that, and I think I, maybe I think I put on the recipe that that's like also a variation you can try is mm -hmm. to make a dressing with that as well. But um, but yeah, I think it worked out really nicely with those kind of simple, fairly standard spices um, and it worked well. What is harissa? Yeah, so harissa is like a North African spice paste. So it's usually you can like you can totally get it at the grocery store. Right now I have like a tube of it or you can get a jar of it. You can also like make it. That's for the like overachievers like Jenny who are making their own bread. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it typically like sometimes it has tomato, sometimes not. It ha can have like fresh peppers. It has coriander, cumin, it has mm. caraway. So it's, it was kind of those and garlic. And so it was those elements that I kind of like pulled out and just based that flavor profile on it. It's kind of like, um, I think it's become more popular because like food, like, um, I don't know, I feel like recipes are starting to get a little bit more international. So it's not as weird of an ingredient as it maybe once was, but of course it's still not necessarily like a standard everyday ingredient but yeah like I think in Middle Eastern and North African cooking it's used a lot so like if you know of like Odalangi or whatever he's like a cookbook author from the UK he uses it all the time and and stuff like that so anyway it's cool. in that sort of like food nerd pantry items yeah. I guess is how I would classify it that's that's super cool and, and really interesting and and I love that you did these kind of side-by-side -side recipes you know and I know one of your kind of goals is to make recipes accessible and feel yeah. like you can find these ingredients or have them in your home. And so I love mm -hmm. that you, you know, have this idea of this flavor profile yeah. and, and included it at first and then in trying it, realize that you actually preferred this, this more accessible version, which I, totally. I just think is even, you know, double awesome. The fact that you took the time to make two, just to figure out which one worked better. Really yeah, cool. thanks. I wanted to, I would definitely wanted to like include, you know, if I had used the Harissa version, I definitely wanted to include, um, you know, an easy substitution for that. And so I ended up making them side by side and I ended up preferring basically the more simple one. So I was like, you know, what, let's just go with this. Yeah. Um, and I will say too, like Harissa, it's one of those things, it's kind of similar to like maybe a hot sauce where like it varies a lot. Like you can get versions that are pretty different. So, um, you know, maybe the one I have right now is just a little bit spicier than I would want or whatever, you know, you could definitely try making this recipe with that and that would be fun, but you don't, you definitely don't need it. I, and again, I ended up preferring the one without it. 
Now, I didn't have caraway as a spice. Mm -hmm. When I was at the grocery store, it was only in seed form. Is that, mm -hmm. is that how it's supposed to be? Or should it be in like a typical spice powder? Great question. I did not specify that in the um, recipe, but I actually did use it in the whole form mm. in this recipe myself when I was making it. And I don't think I specified with any of the spices with the cumin or the coriander or the caraway what form they should be in. And they can really be in any form. Now that you mention it, I don't know that I've really seen ground caraway. I think that's something that you most often see in its whole form. Okay. I mean, it comes to mind, I think like rye bread is kind of like the main application that you see it in and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like the rye bread spice or whatever. Um, oh, it's actually used a lot in like German cooking in general and stuff like okay. that. Right. Um, I, I know I've, I've had it before. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so I, I was kind of like, do I want to buy this thing right. of seeds? If it's going to be like, I wasn't sure if in a dressing, if mm -hmm. the seeds would give off the flavor or if I'd have like random bites where it's like when you bite into a seed of something and it's like yeah. that insane, intense flavor. And I was like, I don't, I'm not yeah. willing to take this risk. <laughs> no, totally fair. Um, I actually, so I ended up using ground cumin and ground coriander, I believe, I think, and then a uh, whole caraway, but you could also use whole cumin and whole coriander. Um, and that would be fine too. I think that it gets like broken down enough in the dressing and then in the salad that that would also be totally fine. So you could use full spices in this application, or you could like crush them up a little if you're worried about it. Um, but yeah, I used whole caraway for sure. That's one thing I have not yet achieved in my home cook status is like the toasting of spices and the crushing mm. of spices. Yeah. I feel like I, and I feel like it's one of those things where you're like, it feels so foreign until you do it. And you're like, why am I buying store-bought dressings when I can make it? You know, it's like one of those, but yeah. you have to do it a couple of times and then I'll be like, oh, why have I ever not done this? So I've never done that. That's why I also left the caraway seeds out of my recipe. And I yeah, was just like, I'll sure. put in more cumin or coriander, yeah, whatever it was. Which is totally great too. No worries. Um, it's, it's funny that you should say that because like, and I didn't include it in this recipe, but for sure, I mean, for extra credit, like use whole spices, toast them and smash them up. And that would be, it really, you know, uh, it really does make a difference. It really does take <laughs> it to the next level. I'm sure. um, it's something that I have started doing. Um, I love homemade Indian food. So I've experimented with a lot of that and that's one thing where it's like you first see toast the spices and you're like but I don't really need to do that right but then you do it a couple times and you're mm. like oh this is like it just it really does like open up the flavor and just makes it so much more like fragrant and flavorful that being said you know if you don't do it that's totally fine too and I think the dressing is still totally delicious without that step which can until you kind of incorporate it into your flow it can feel pretty intimidating mm-hmm for sure. It's like toasting nuts. Like I will, yeah. anytime that there's an option to toast a nut or not, I will toast a nut. Cause right. like now that I've done it enough, I'm like, mm -hmm. there is something so delicious and nutty about uh, yes. Gosh, I know nutty is. A toasted walnut, a toasted pine mm -hmm. nut. Yum, yeah. yum, yum. It's so good. Yeah. So if you were to toast, if you were to toast the spices, I would say, you know, just the whole spices, the cumin, the coriander, the caraway, which I feel like I've said those words so many times now in a row, but um, <laughs> you would just put the amount that you're going to use in a dry pan and put it onto like a medium low setting 
and just like shake the pan every couple, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds or whatever. Keep an eye on it. Give it the old sniff test. And like after a minute or two, you should, you should, they should really start um, being pretty fragrant and then you can pull them off and smash them up or not or whatever. So if anyone were out there in listener land wants to give it a try to toasting their own spices, that is the methodology. That's cool. I've never thought to do that. Um, When you see something that's so you know, oh, I need this spice. I just grab it at the grocery store yeah. without like really thinking about, you know, it's bark and, right, and right. it was dried and then processed in this way. And you too can do that. Right. And it just right. gives it that, that better experience. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's cool to think about. I, yeah, I would never have thought to do that. Uh, I definitely want to like try it. Yeah. Yeah. If you like next time you're cooking something that uses spices and you have a little extra time, you're not like, crunched for time just give it a try you'll yeah. love it and of course I do have like a little mortar and pestle that I use but that's also like another whole step you don't need that you can also Next just like level. <laughs> smash it on a cutting board or or just leave it a hole or whatever I mean any so, excuse yeah. to feel like you need to buy a mortar and pestle I mean exactly given that, <laughs> that witchy vibe I love it exactly exactly <laughs> potions yes so um, this will be an interesting one for this recipe, but we like to ask it about every recipe, which is, did it left over? What do we think about that? Did, did you like have any leftovers, Jenny? Zero. <laughs> we were like fighting for the end of our enormous bowl. Nice. <laughs> I love so I love no that. leftovers. I will say though that Sam, my partner has an issue with like, as soon as food is ready, he has mm-hmm. to do 15 other things in the house first didn't <laughs> eat it, which drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I now am starting to do that too. But I was like, this is like a bread salad with dressing <laughs> on it. We don't have time for you we to go to, like, around the right house. Away. It's like, yeah. we gotta eat this right now. We're watching Bachelor in Paradise and we gotta eat this like oh my gosh. bread salad. <laughs> Sorry. So we can talk about Bachelor in Paradise another time, but mm. That's a different podcast. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. amazing. (laughs) But yeah, so I feel like, I don't know. I was surprised at, you know, the 10, 15 minutes where we were like wandering around the house while we were waiting with our delicious food ready. The bread kept though, I think like Heather said, like Mm -hmm. because it was like crisp enough, however many sides the cube of bread had, (laughs) how many sides were toasted. I felt like it held up to, I don't know how, I I mean, I wouldn't put it past myself to eat it the next day, but we had no leftovers to be had. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Heather? So I did make sure to save some for leftovers Mm -hmm. and I did not dress the salad completely. So I made it, I made it all in one bowl and then I took that big bowl and put some of it into a small bowl and dressed Mm -hmm. the small bowl. And then uh, today I had it as leftovers Mm -hmm. and I mean, the bread is it as good as it was yesterday? No, but I mean, I think that's kind of the conversation that we've been having with most of our leftovers is like mm-hmm. that kind of cold pizza right. feeling where it's like, it tastes all right, you know, and I yeah. definitely still ate it. So I think if I were to, cause I like to like big batch salads mm-hmm. so that all I have to do is just like quick, add some dressing, maybe add some additional protein or whatever, or like add other leftovers to it. And then that's lunch, you know? And so I think if I were to make this again, I would make my, well, I'd probably make more bread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because that then is a salad that's 
the pr- traditional salad, not just a salad with croutons. Also, the um, bread's just so good. So I mean, the bread was really it. good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I might have them like separate. I'd be curious uh, mm. if if I were to, you know, make my my bread part, put it in a dry <laughs> Tupperware and and then add that to the the leafy greens and tomatoes and herbs and stuff, how that would left over. But I mean, look, it it was still great. Yeah, great. Here's a question. Do you think the next day the bread was still better than just like a crouton? Yes. Mm -hmm. But that is because, as I have expressed, my frustration with croutons is that they're too hard. Right. And so Mm -hmm. this was, okay, here's this. If you've ever had a salad that has hard croutons and the next day you eat it and they're like sad and soggy, these mm. bread pieces were even better than that because they were, they weren't, there was never the expectation that they were super hard and crunchy. So you're not disappointed right. when they're like sort of soft because they start out mm. sort of soft. So that's so interesting that you said sad and soggy. Cause like in my mind, when you were saying that I was picturing like a Caesar salad, that's like the next day, but maybe it wasn't dressed, but the croutons are still a little bit what like wilted but that's actually a positive thing because they were like so hard previously that now they're like actually edible um so when Look, you were, my like, rationale around that, these croutons like, oh. doesn't make any sense <laughs> i was like wait so there's anyway so right <laughs> there's no linear don't try and break it down Zoe. <laughs> i will say this and this is again gonna put me into my food nerd like corner which is that like for me, croutons are kind of one of those things that like once you start making your own, you can't really like eat the box shit mm-hmm. anymore because <laughs> they're just because they're so easy okay. to make and they're so much better. It's just like you just can't go back. So anyways. well, and and like I said, I don't I'm not like a, I don't crave croutons. Um, sure. I have made croutons before. I think that's a great excuse to not throw away, you know, old bread. Yeah. But I think I would if I was like. I want croutons with my salad. I would mm-hmm. rather do this with fresh bread mm-hmm. than do like a, a proper crouton. Right. Cool. So for myself, we did have a little bit of salad left over that the two of us could not finish and it was already dressed and I put it in a Tupperware and the next day it was pretty soggy as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still ate it and enjoyed it, but again, as we've said, the whole, the kind of the whole pizza analogy, you know, it definitely wasn't the same salad as the day before. Mm-hmm. It was still perfectly fine to eat. Cause again, like I think arugula, even when it's a little bit wilted is totally yeah. fine. Like the greens that I did add held up fine um, in terms of like, they weren't like too slimy to eat or whatever Mm -hmm. um but it definitely was more tasty when it was fresh I think if you are going to eat it the next day to leave some not dressed and even to maybe leave the bread aside would be a great way to go yeah so maybe it's not the like ideal vehicle for leftovers probably best fresh but there are ways to you know make make components of it ahead and then enjoy it later on yeah so uh, the next question I have for you two is would you make it again Definitely. Oh yeah. I definitely make it. It was so yummy. Yeah. I I also didn't realize like I knew obviously looking at the recipe, it's like very tomato forward. Very which I don't know if we're like a big tomato family. Um (laughs) but I really enjoyed just being like, okay, it's like a ton of tomatoes. Chop up the tomatoes, grab the handfuls, big handfuls of lettuce, tons of basil. It was just it just came together very easily. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely make it again. 
Great. I love that. You too. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a little pressed for time. Typically when I'm making these recipes, I try to give myself a little bit more time so I can just be a little bit more thoughtful and and all of that. And, and I still had plenty of time and that is always great, you know? Um, and I think for me, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily make like this exact salad as Mm -hmm. written, but I'm, I feel like I'm taking a lot from this salad that I'm going to recreate like the bread, like the bread and kind of, I'm definitely going to reuse the dressing too, because that dressing is so easy. And yeah, like what's the point of buying dressing when it's so easy and delicious to make your own? Oh my gosh, totally. So, and then, yeah, just being, reminding myself when I'm at the grocery store buying my salad stuff, like just grab a, grab an herb. Yeah, it's gonna, exactly. the salad's going to be so much better. Totally. I, I think too, I think with salad, sometimes I think that I have to coordinate a lot of like vegetables, like and invite them to this salad mm. party. <laughs> and like what I learned making this too, is that's like, you could just have some greens, some basil, yeah. tomato. And like, yes, I think like if you're, you probably need some sort of like a cheese or bread element or nut element, but like mm-hmm. it was a delicious salad and I didn't miss having like major like onion party, but I guess the scallions were invited too, but it's like, <laughs> I didn't feel, and I doubled, I almost tripled the scallions too. Cause Hell I love yeah. scallions, but Me it just too. was like, it felt simple and straightforward. And so it's like, sometimes I'm like, when I'm like, I don't have enough for a salad. Mm-hmm. It's like you do, it's just like, just double down maybe on the vegetable. So like doubling down on the tomatoes, yeah. you really have that tomato bite. I love that. Cause you can totally make a salad. That's like, Oh, you've got lettuce, you've got cucumber, radish, tomato, avocado, you've got your carrot, whatever. Yes. I mean, you can make salads like that. And I love salads like that, but you don't necessarily need all that. You can really just keep it simple, you know? And totally. I love too about this recipe is that it does come together pretty quickly and it's fairly simple. And yet it still kind of feels a little bit fancy because it's mm-hmm. a little bit different, especially with the herbs. It just feels a little bit elevated, which is always nice to like have something that's easy and simple and approachable. And yet you, you finish making it and you're like, Ooh, look what I just made. Or like, look at the treat that I get to have. Um, that's kind of the vibe I got from the salad too. So it looked yeah. so fancy, really fancy. Yes. And it tasted fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> I'm so happy that you guys enjoyed it. Fantastic news. Yeah. What's not to love bread salad. I mean, I know, right. Come on. It's bread. I was, when I sliced my bread, I wanted like the middle slices. Cause that's where it was, yeah, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. wider and I wanted big pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I like cut off the end and then I was kind of cutting off some of the other pieces, but I had the like butt of it and I was just kind of noshing on it. And in my mind, I was just hearing Oprah being like, I love bread. <laughs> <laughs> I love that on her like Weight Watchers commercials or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, I've lost however much weight or whatever. And I eat bread every day. Day. yeah hell yeah girl yeah I just felt <laughs> well like done. really I was like and I was in the process of like moving some things to the trash can too so I just I felt very like rogue like you know noshing on this uh this corner piece this butt I of the bread it. and throwing you know over by the trash and I just <laughs> you're very I Gunther moment yeah, Gunther yeah. moment taking out the garbage there you go that's right I was gonna say yeah. you're describing the behavior of a raccoon but I love that you felt the <laughs> yes. by that that's also true my funny little hands (laughs) nature's bandits Uh, (laughs) um I love that (laughs) 
Fantastic. Well, what a wonderful time this has been together. Yes. Um, Jenny, thank you for being here. And I just want to give you a moment to let people know where they can find you on the internet, if that is something that if you wish to be found anywhere. Um, and yeah, if there's if you, you know, if you have anything you want to plug or anything like that, now's your moment. Oh. You know, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at yes. Jenny M Wise, W-I-S-E. And then I'm on Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. My handle is long and weird. It's at P's and Q's, mm -hmm. but P's is P-E-A-S. Then there's an N. Then it's Q-U-E-U-E-S. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a thing. I don't know. We'll I link don't it know. in the show notes. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> link, we'll link you up. You're good. Besides that, I am just chilling and I'm doing like so much heads down writing stuff right now yeah. that one day I would love to plug something bigger and hunkier, but right now that's it. And plugging work, this girl. podcast and Blue apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're doing the work and everyone keep your eye on Jenny because she is a rising star of the, you know, comedy writing world. Mm -hmm. So we are, we you heard are, it here. That's right. You heard it here first. So, <laughs> so keep your eye on this one. That's She's right. very funny. Oh, thank you um, both so much for having me. It was a true delight and a dream come true and <sighs> great excuse to watch friends. Great excuse yes. to eat this salad and great excuse to see and hear and talk to you both. You're so kind. Wonderful to have you on. We're so excited to spend this time and hang and talk to you. And it's been a while since we got together. So great to catch up and see you as well. But yeah, thank you so much for being on. Um, hey, thanks so much. Our social media is um, we are friends with food. Let's see what we are. What are we? We are on Instagram at friends with food pod. We are on Twitter at friends W food pod. Um, our website is friendswithfoodpod.com you can also email us at friendswithfoodpod at gmail.com send us an email just tell us your thoughts tell us your feelings let us know if you have questions or comments or if you want to correct any of the wild statements that we make um, let me know and you know maybe we'll even read it on our future episode if you are watching along with us, our next episode will cover season five episode eight the one with the Thanksgiving flashbacks or season five, episode eight, the one with all the Thanksgivings. Our theme music is by Elliot Friesen and our original artwork is by Chloe Kendall. We are your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Heather. Now go find some friends. And make them some food. That's right. Where we talk about the show for, nope. That's not what we decided on. <laughs> Welcome. No. That sounds that. Wow. Hmm. Words are hard. So one more time. Then I, I'm lying to you. I'm <laughs> no, so I appreciate sorry. It. Cold pizza, you know, the cold pizza. Uh, what am I trying to say? The cold pizza. It's like the cold pizza. There's like a word I'm looking for. I can't think of it. <laughs> We did it! The end. Yay!